Welcome to The Defiant Spirit, a podcast about meaning, purpose, and resilience. I'm Dr. Baruch Halevi, also known as B, and now let's discover your Defiant Spirit. Well, hello and welcome to the Victor Frankl Media Academy podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Daniel A. Franz, along with my good friend and cohort in the Victor Frankl Media Academy, Dr. Rabbi Baruch B. Halevi. B, how you been, man? I'm good, brother. You took the... Uh... The middle initial out of your title up there. I think it used to say. Dr. Did I really? Yeah. Did I? Yeah. Do we need to re-record that? I, I don't know, but uh, I'll have to figure that one out. Your uh, your fa- your fans need to know that that A stands for uh, for for Adam, right? Is that right? Yeah. Correct. Correct. The first. Are you, are you going to uh, tell us about the uh, the uh, uh, heritage of the of the name Adam? I am because it's going to segue into our conversation today because Adam isn't a name. Adam means of the earth, Adama, earth. And so he is of the earth and he is only completed by his Eve and she is of the beyond. She is from above. He is from below. And we need the perfect union of this above and below, this yin and this yang, this masculine and this feminine. And that leads us into our conversation about masculine spirituality. Was that freaking awesome? Dude, I, I, was, I was enthralled just watching this happen. I'm like, how is he going to do this? That's pretty amazing. Thank you. Thank so, you uh, yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, we talked about, you know, J.J. McCarthy and masculine spirituality. Um, and I got some positive feedback, but it, it wasn't uh, maybe positive feedback in that it wasn't as well received as maybe we thought it would. Maybe maybe we bordered on some toxic masculinity there or maybe just left out some good feminism. I don't know, B. I, I can tell you um, I wanted to, I mean, we're not here to, to challenge our listeners, even though one of them was my daughter, uh, but <laughs> who, who offered said feedback. But I did want to take that conversation into current events right um and and we talk about that positive masculine and feminine energy and we're seeing it a lot right now as we go into the american festivities of the national football league super bowl that's right faithful listener you know what we're about to talk about here um the star tight end for the kansas city chiefs mr travis kelsey uh dating um gosh what's her name b i forget I try, I try and forget. <laughs> <laughs> Ms. Taylor Swift, right? And I think after there was, there was a series of games last weekend that propelled the Kansas City Chiefs into the Super Bowl, and Mr. Kelsey and Ms. Swift were seen together a lot. And, you know, it's sweet. What a, what a cute little relationship of, of two very famous, prominent people in American culture. But what really got to me was... Uh, the, the Monday morning quarterback, uh, football reference, um, on social media. And you know, B, I'm, I'm not one to be on social media trolling too much. But, uh, you know, with our promotion of your search for meaning, I did need to spend some time on it this week. And what I caught on Monday was, was some visceral statements about, hey, you jerks, not aimed at us, but um, you toxic males, Back off of Miss Swift and Mr. Kelsey. Leave this relationship alone. It's just a woman supporting her man. And I was my, my initial reaction was like, ouch, what did I do? Um, and then I realized it wasn't about me. But apparently there's some people out there that are 
I don't know, taking offense? What is going on that, first of all, that we see these two on TV <laughs> a lot, um, but that also, uh, I, I don't know, that there's such a, a strong reaction to it. That's Any a good question. I, I haven't followed it that closely. I checked out after the uh, NCAA football championships, which is where my love for football sort of ends but i do have an appreciation grew up um i went to the university of kansas so i am a chief but i, I can't say i followed that closely what i have heard also is quite a few conspiracy theories around this relationship of travis kelsey and taylor swift um there's all kinds of chatter about the orchestration of it and you know it's as much potentially a um a business merger as it is a human merger because it's good for brands and they're both mm -hmm. building brands and they have become a powerhouse together, certainly for Travis Kelsey in a way they wouldn't have maybe otherwise. It's interesting. It gets into some really core stuff. And then, and then the same week um, you have Taylor Swift throwing her hat into the ring of politics, endorsing Joe Biden. I don't, want to do politics on this show, but now you're crossing boundaries of celebrity into the political realm. You know, she's alienating potentially half her client base. What gives a, what gives a um, performer any, I don't know, credence, credibility in getting into politics. She probably knows most, most performers know about as much as politics as, as uh, you know, a performer should and would. So it's just it's just opening up, I think, a whole world of subtext or dialogue that's going on that isn't about what it seems. Well, and it isn't about sports or, or music entertainment anymore. It's about so much more. And I think maybe that's what some of our negative reaction is. Again, I don't, I don't know much about Taylor Swift and I enjoy football for 17 or 18 weeks a year. But what I do know is, to your point, it does seem like this relationship is being thrust into uh, into the spotlight for all of us, whether we pay attention or not, for some reason. It's like, can't you just let two people be happy? Is it is it a brand? Is it, uh, you use the word influence a lot, right? I mean, and we live in a world of influencers who get paid for stating their opinion and trying to influence people. And it's like, you know, can't we just enjoy a little bit of music and a little bit of sports? What I do think is interesting, and I'm willing to, you know, put my neck out there a little more on a topic that I spent my whole life focused on, which is masculine, feminine, and particularly as it relates, relates to spirituality, but just in general, because I think these are two words right now that are on at the center of our lives in a thousand different ways. I think they're very confused terms. I think that they're abused terms. You know, you start throwing out things like toxic masculinity. I think that's a dangerous term. That's like saying toxic intimacy. Well, I would argue if it's toxic, it's not intimacy. It's mm -hmm. something else. And I would argue if it's toxic masculinity, it's not masculinity. It's something else. And I would argue that if, if there is a toxic masculinity, there is a thing called toxic femininity. Life is about North Poles and South Poles, yins and yangs. You can't have one without the other. So if we're going to do it, then let's do it. But let's have honest conversations about, I think, um, 
issues that are really sort of bubbling underneath the surface? Yeah, as I listen to you on this one, um, I, th I think about some of the writings of Dr. Frankel, and uh, I just can't help but think, wow, it seems so much easier in his time, right? Because gender roles were uh, less fluid, more stated, and, and I'm not saying they were right or wrong, but they were more obvious. And now we live in a time where those roles are quite different, and the expectations for masculine and feminine are are sometimes skewed depending depending on where you come from. And I would argue that there's, you know, in the words of Kohelet, um, Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun. And just because we want things to change doesn't mean they change. I would argue that masculine and feminine is exactly the same as it was and what will be tomorrow. Now, that isn't getting into gender conversations and it isn't getting into gender identity or sexual identity. And I think that's part of the problem. When I say feminine, I don't mean women. And when I say masculine, I don't mean men. We have both. These are energies and we don't understand these energies and we get scared and we start doing politics around energies, masculine, feminine, and we start doing um, all kinds of agendas and it brings up a lot of anxiety and doubt and fear and we start getting into a war around these things. I'm not saying that's what happened with that conversation that some of your listeners were reacting to. By the way, I had a ton of positive um, response to our podcast. So, you know, always goes both ways. But I, I do think that we need to flesh out what the hell is this masculine feminine thing all about? And I disagree. I don't think we need to flesh it out. I think it's there. I think if you if you do a little bit of uh, study into Jung and his archetypes, right, and the collective unconscious, we all somewhere back there in our brain know what it is right? Because it's gone throughout history. It's been passed on in our art, in our music, in our mythology, right? And, and so there are great examples of masculine and feminine, and it's, and it's in us, right? We have that collective understanding. I think it's when we start to go against those archetypes, mm -hmm. what we feel is, is correct and true, and we, again, we skew it, or we change it, or we try to say it's something else, or we add these toxic traits to it where we we really we make a mess out of it yeah and it's it's um it's just so important to be curious about it as opposed to have an agenda right i want to be curious about what are these things and and, and how does it show up and what does it mean what does it do for me or for others as opposed to here's what i believe it is now i'm going to back everything into that to make that true. I'm open. I don't know. If anybody tells you they know, it's like when I, I, I live, I, I work around my sister and my wife who are both psychics of sorts. And in that world, there's a lot of, this is true. I'm like, until I know firsthand, I'm just going to trust your supposition, your thesis, right? I don't know about these things. All I know is my experience lends me towards this really certain belief about it, but I'm open to dialogue, but that's part of the problem. Everybody is so freaking entrenched saying they know that we're not learning and we're not growing. Yeah. And that word uh, you used has come up a lot lately um, in, in healthy conversation. Curious. Be curious. And I believe that goes right into the heart 
of, of Socratic dialogue and Mayuta questioning in, in logotherapy, right? We come about this from a curious perspective. Tell me more. Help me understand your perspective because that's the only way I can connect with you and help you. So, right. So we ask questions. We try to learn. But when we when we stop asking questions in in civil discourse and we start making statements of what we believe is absolute fact, we get in trouble. Can I give you just a, a practical example of being curious? So somebody says to me when I had kids, if you give your girls guns, they'll play with guns. And if you give your boys dolls, they'll play with dolls. So I'm curious about that. I tried it. And do you know what my boys did? They turned their dolls into guns and my girls talked <laughs> to their guns. Now I have two of each. Is that, is, can you extrapolate from that? Is everybody does that always? No, nobody does everything always. But I'm curious about the fact that boys turn their, if you, you know, I have a, my sister-in-law didn't give her um, son guns playing, you know, toy guns playing growing up. And I just remember he was turning like sticks into guns. Okay, right? Like that's just something primal. I'm curious about that. I'm curious about why why boys gravitate towards STEM fields and girls gravitate more towards, you know, these other nursing. Is that sociological? Maybe. Is that cultural? Maybe. Is it primal and, and into the realm of masculine feminine? Maybe. That's interesting though. Yeah, it, it's, it's something there. <laughs> Here we go. This is where we get canceled, B. I'm going to say it. There are differences. And we need to honor those differences in masculine and feminine. And as you said, that does not mean male and female. We all have both part, both components, right? We we have our masculine tendencies and our feminine tendencies, whether, whether we're male but, or female. But, but I do believe that if you're a man, you have more masculine tendencies. And if you're a woman, you have more feminine tendencies. Always know life is a bell curve. So there are always mm -hmm. tail ends on both sides. But if we can't talk about the curve, we can't talk. So let's talk about the 80% in the middle of that curve and leave out the outliers. Nothing wrong with outliers. In many areas, I am an outlier. But I like talking about trends, patterns, generalities so we can have intelligible conversations and make, and make meaningful decisions. Yeah, I think you make a good point. I mean, life does tend to fit into a bell curve that's why it's a representation of most statistics right most of us are going to fit in that middle area but there are going to be those outliers coming out and we can't be offended by the data like that's the thing <laughs> here's i'm going to say something and i can't get canceled because they're my team jews are disproportionately more educated than non-jews it's a fact 91 percent of jews go to college does all do all jews go to college no are they are they more educated than everybody? No. Is that good? I'm not saying it's good. It has consequences. Why is that? It's not because they have bigger brains. It's because of all kinds of cultural phenomena that we can sit here and have that conversation. I'm not interested. But if you can't make that statement, then I can't unpack the consequences, both good and bad of that. The same is true with my boys who play with guns and my girls who play with dolls. Right. Let's have a meaningful conversation about what is going on there and why is that? And that that's what this is. I guess my point is, is you and I are committed to meaningful dialogue and meaningful dialogue has to be about brave space, not safe space. And I, I believe we we said that in some of our charter statements about the Meaning Academy and, and your search for meaning. Right. We intend for that to be a place where we can have 
difficult conversations. And I know that's been my role for 25 years as a psychotherapist, right? Like I make this, this, ironically, I'm in my office today. I make this room a safe place to have difficult conversations for people, right? And I think we, we should be able to do that more than just inside a therapist's office. We should be able to do that in civil discourse. Unfortunately, social media is, in my mind, the opposite of civil discourse. And, uh, and doesn't lend a brave space. It does not lend a brave space. It does lend a brave space, right? Because you can sit anonymously and type all the visceral you want to and uh, hit send and then run away. So, I mean, that's, not, that's what you brave. consider to be brave. That's not, that's not brave. That's antagonistic. Yeah, absolutely. So let's come back to this masculine and feminine of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Why do you think there is such a react, a public reaction to this is it is it the relationship or is it what I see as uh, the profiteering related to the relationship, right? The the exploitation of the relationship. I also think there's an upside to it, and that is that Taylor Swift is a somewhat of an extreme representation of a feminine, right? And Travis Kelsey is more of an extreme representation of a masculine, and I think these are caricatures. I mean, uh, you know a beautiful pop star and a rough and tumble NFL football star is about as extreme as it gets. Ain't none of us, you might, but ain't none of us going to be representing those streams. You you could, you know, be the Taylor Swifty, but yeah. Wow. But, oh, I thought you were going the other way. Dang it. I, I should have expected that. Um, but, but I, I think that, I think we're sort of enamored by that. That's a draw. Yeah, that is interesting. It is it is a uh, again an archetypal kind of relationship, right? Yeah. It is attractive to see two people on like truly on the on the tail ends of of the of the bell curve um, in a relationship. But you know, and, and I think this is the reaction that many uh, football fans are having is like, do we have to have it put in front of us all the time? I turn on football to to escape some of these things sometimes, and yet. Um, it, it does seem like some exploitation that it is, you know, I've, I've watched sports for a long time and rarely do you see, you know, there are other famous couples, Noma Garcia Para and Mia Hamm 10, 20 years ago, right? Just be, when Noma would hit a home run in the, at the Green Monster, you know, they weren't showing Mia Hamm, world famous women's soccer player constantly, right? We have these situations where there are athletes and famous people coming together but something about this feels different. Well, it, it feels contrived, and I think that's what we're getting into. People are tired of feeling- Kind of like my contrived Boston accent there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I lived in Boston. That sounded like you were from Indiana trying to be like Boston. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I think people are tired of feeling controlled or manipulated. You know, that's how I felt with the whole Bud Light thing and the um, representative- um, that they had for a while, I forgot their name, but whatever. The point is, is it didn't go over well because it was inorganic. We were told by some marketing um, agenda that this was the brand Bud Light. And then all of the people, and I don't drink Bud Light, all the people who drank Bud Light says, no, it's not. Like you, I have no problem with that, but that's not this. And, and that's what it feels like that's happening in a lot of spaces and places this is what you are. This is what you want. This is what you need. And you got MNFL football fans going, I, I, I don't really want to see Taylor Swift concerts and I don't really want to see her popping up in every 
commercial and it feels like I'm being, it's sort of being shoved down my throat. And I, let me come to these things on my terms, but there's a control element that I think a lot of people are reacting to. Yeah, and, and I think you're right. I think we're missing that whole organic, right? Again, beautiful relationship. If they happen to be on the field together after a win, that is sweet. But when you have to sweep the fan, you know, every every play, every other play, they're showing that uh, seating arrangement where she's sitting with her people. It's like, it does feel contrived. It feels manipulated. And you're right. I mean, we live in a, in a world, you and I say this all the time, uh, you know, with the people we work with and in your search for meaning, right? We live in a world that's trying to make us feel meaningless with, you know, the, the constant surveillance, capitalism, the constant marketing and being sold to and being told what to do, what to think. And, and when those, when we lose that organic sense, when something crosses over from, you know, entertainment to politics, from sports to manipulation, uh, we sense it. We just don't know, always know how to express it. Yeah. And, you know, like it's, it's happening all around us in our pop culture and it goes both directions. This is not only a one way political street, but um, here's another example of it of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves remake. And no, it's no longer Seven Dwarves. It's seven. I, I forget what it was, but sort of outcasts or different expressions of identity, whatever. But then the, the woman who's playing Snow White is just denigrating the story of Snow White to the point where then. Disney made her do a retraction and apologize, but like, it's like you're, you're shitting all over a lot of people's beliefs or memories or fantasies. My girls loved Snow White. They still love Snow White. And now they're being told not to love Snow White. And it just feels controlling. And let's go back to, boy, I'm, I'm hitting uh, Jung on all cylinders today, right? <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm buddy. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, Frankel is height psychology. Jung is depth psychology. We put them together. We have a, a beautiful spectrum. But so why are we having such a negative reaction to the manipulation of these Disney stories? Because originally, most of these stories are archetypal myths that have been told throughout history. Right. They are a part of us. We recognize them before we were a civilization. Our tribes were telling each other these stories to make points, to, to teach lessons. And now we're again, we're, we're losing the organic nature of it, the archetypal nature of it. And we're, we're making these drastic changes to try to make a point that goes against the archetype, right? And, and that's where it elicits a strong response. And then we're being told your response is wrong. You shouldn't feel that way. That's such an outstanding point because I think what people are feeling is you're messing with our instincts. And if I can't trust my instincts, I can't navigate this chaotic world. And you're telling me not only should I not trust my instincts, but I'm bad for having them. I am not saying because if you're a guy, as an example, and your instinct is to go this extremely masculine direction, and we can talk about what that means, that you should follow your instincts. As I always say, we're not here to be animals. We're here to rise above our animal-based nature, right, to, to transcend it. But it starts by at least acknowledging it. I want to give you one quick example, and I want, I want you to jump back into that. I was asked to talk about male um, spirituality. And I'm going to this conference to do that. And she said, what the heck does that mean? And I said, let me ask you a question. How many people are signed up for your conference? Let's say it was a thousand. How many of them are women? It's like 950. 
I said, do you know why that is? She said, because men aren't interested. I said, they're absolutely interested, but they can't. And I think this is where I got into trouble on your on our past podcast. They're not interested in the yoga Lululemon aspect of it. They're not interested in the crystals and the all of the stuff that goes around and has sort of become synonymous with spirituality. Nothing wrong with it. If you can see my office, it's very much influenced by feminine spirituality. However, if you want to get these guys talking, you got to meet them where they are. And that's not where their starting point is. To me, that is a masculine feminine departure. It's a difference. It's and a again, difference. you know, you and I talk about, uh, well, you talk about Enneagram. I talk about MBTI. When I talk about the MBTI, the thing I say the most is it's, they're different. It's not good or bad. There's just differences. And in the MBTI, if we allow in, in a couple or in a dyad or in a, a, a corporate leader in a group setting, if we allow those differences to balance each other out, if we if we respect the differences, we're curious about the differences, they balance each other out and we put together a healthier team or a healthier couple. But again, in the world that we live in, we are losing that respect. We are, we are losing that curiosity and we're just making statements of, of what we one person may believe is fact. And we're, we're losing that. Well, again, that respect for each other. We're losing the, the honor of the differences. Yeah, it's not. And it's not better or worse. You know, so somebody will say, well, how is this space that you just described a feminine spirituality? And what I say is, is because feminine is a circle. It has been throughout history. It's circular. It's relational, right? There's not a hierarchy. And now we're in this, you know, go to the Barbie movie. They had a lot to say about hierarchy as if it's bad. It's not bad. It's different. Circular is egalitarian. It literally comes from the word, here you go. Egul means uh, as Hebrew for circle. So it's egalitarian is circular. It's relational. And when somebody comes into my office, I want that feminine circular connection. This is a time to look at each other face to face. That's what women tend to do. Studies have shown when women go out on dates with other women, friend dates, they sit across from each other. They have coffee with each other. In ancient past times, they, they were sitting in sewing circles together. They were picking berries together. Men, studies have shown, sit side by side. They face forward at a bar. They face forward playing golf. They face forward hunting. They face forward at a sporting event. I want feminine. I want guys to look at each other. So I create a space where I create a circle so they have to look at each other. That's a beautiful feminine contribution. It just it doesn't happen naturally in a bar. Agreed. I mean, I, I yeah, you're absolutely right. And these are the things that, you know, again, that have existed throughout time. They're a part of us. They're a part of the, the way we navigate the world and we feel it, it, it's predictable that way. We want to understand our environment in predictable ways. And when something comes in and changes that and disrupts that in a unrealistic or inorganic way, it creates dysregulation. And I think that is the time we are living in. It's a great time of dysregulation as, as some of these messages, these ancient, you know, longstanding messages are being challenged and you know and not just tampered with in, in a way right it's, it's good to challenge archetypes at some point right as long as you come about it in a curious and respectful way but just to say nope it's wrong is really hard to buy into because because it doesn't go away it goes underground and then you mm -hmm. end up with the andrew tates if you don't know who andrew tate is 
he's not a toxic masculinity. He's an asshole. That's that's what I would say. He's 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 machismo. He's all that crap. I agree, but that's not toxic masculinity. That's not masculinity. That's overcompensating. And that's what and his followers tend to be young men who are so frustrated because they don't have a voice, they don't have a place to have these important masculine conversations that can be tempered with feminine, that can be raised up by the feminine. It's so important to meet boys where they are and then to elevate the conversation, but not to say, you're bad, you're wrong, don't say that here, go away, because it doesn't go away, it goes underground. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what's, you know, so we, we, we came into today saying we're just going to, you know, Peterson a topic. And by that, I mean, Dr. Peterson talks about how he loves just coming, you know, when he lectures, you know, he, he travels and lectures, no lecture is the same because he comes up, he's got a problem in his head and he just talks around it for an hour, right? While, while messing with his wedding ring. Um, <laughs> so that's, it is right. He does that finger thing and he starts messing with his, I love, love watching him talk. I like, I like um, when he pauses and he looks up, like he's like, does, does this like looking for ideas or something. He's just got this interesting. You know, thing. that's his muse up there, right? Just like, he's like, all right, hit me, give me some ideas. Cause you know, he will talk himself into a corner much like we're doing to ourselves right well, here. No, because it's because that muse is a feminine idea. And that means mm -hmm. that I'm not the caveman creating these ideas. I'm in a, a divine relationship with her capital H her. And she's feeding me. And it's no longer about me. It's about we. And so beautiful contribution of feminine in, introduced into a masculine. But the other side of it, let's just talk a second for toxic femininity, which, again, I don't think is true femininity. But if you want to say toxic masculinity, then we have to have it both ways. Because if you're a circle and you're in a circle conversation, circles can start spinning around and around and around and go nowhere. And when you start doing that, it's called seventh grade and it's called girls. They are the meanest human beings on earth. I've had two girls go through that experience. They destroy each other because there's no progression. They just don't know what to do with all this stuff. So they weaponize it and turn it on each other. Right, right. Where, where young men at that age are jostling for the hierarchy and learning the uh, use of appropriate and inappropriate humor to push each other down or raise each other up. You're right. I, and I, you know, I had two girls myself, watched them go through that time and whew, that's tough to navigate. So, yeah. So they need some masculine line energy. Ma ma masculine is line. Feminine is circle. Line is progression. Line is moving forward. And, you know, like Ariel is always challenging me. You need to slow it down. You need to be present. You need to be in relationship. Put your laptop away. Stop hunting. It happens to be on a, a book I'm creating, but I'm still hunting. And she brings me back into relationship. And I need that. And oftentimes, I'll help her get out of the spin by what do you do about it? Now, I got to be, Dan, you, you got to help me. I need help not fixing her problems when she's not asking to fix. But sometimes she's asking me to fix them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and hey, you got to be careful, guys, ladies. We I talk about this all the time in the office, right? We don't want to be fixed until we want to be fixed, until we want the problem. So, right, we don't want a solution until we want a solution. And in communication, in couples communication, going back to what we said, it's just being curious. Hey, hon, what do you need? 
do you just do you need me to listen here and and validate your feelings and, and your experience man i can do that on the other hand do you want me to offer a solution i, I can do that too that's feminine circle spirituality and masculine male line spirituality. And you know, just our, even having this vocabulary is helpful for me. I know it's helpful for others. I need to be more circle conscious. I need to be more line conscious. We got to do something. We got to be somewhere. Very different ways to move through the world. So as so here is here is the challenge of today's podcast, Faithful Listener. I encourage you to go out when uh, the next Super Bowl plays in a, in a week or so, to observe Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, to observe your world, to observe your relationships, and look for the healthy masculinity, the healthy femininity, and how they balance each other, not just in relationship, but in individual as well, because we both have the characteristics in us, more or less, depending on who you are. So challenge yourself to look, the, for, to look for the healthy masculine and feminine and let's put away i agree with you b if it's toxic it's not masculinity if it's toxic it's not femininity it's a corruption of it toxic love is not love so yes we have to reclaim language as you know i'm a big fan of honest and clear language i love language because it's a blueprint and and one other thing i want to say to our credit because we always have to boost ourselves up after getting knocked <laughs> down is um we are embodying we're walking the talk because this is a podcast that certainly you and i talk like guys and we have that masculine uh, energy tendencies clearly however we both you do a beautiful job certainly of opening up being raw being exposed being vulnerable sharing right you're one of the few guys in my life who i just naturally have this open-hearted Let's look at each other face to face, not sit at a bar. Not that we have that luxury, but um, sit, you know, when we when we can, we will. We'll sit at a bar. But I think even then, you and I will scoot our stools facing each other. We've already done that. I that's mean, it, that's such a great point because you know we we had that example where we got together with our families and and the running man and his wife and and where did you and I just happen to sit across the table from each other, looking at each other as we also looked at our families and, and our friends and had a, an amazing afternoon of conversation. So uh, you're right. I think, and I think that's a message that we can take to, to more men and more women, right? Look to embody the positive of both aspects. Let's quit looking at the negative, right? Find that positive and, and live it. Amen. One last image to leave our listeners with. So in Kabbalah, Jewish mysticism, masculine is represented by um, that tri a triangle coming up from the earth, Adam energy. And Eve is represented from a triangle coming down from the sky, Eve energy, masculine, feminine. And if you merge those two triangles, you get the Jewish star. The Jewish star was originally a symbol of perfect union of masculine and feminine. And honestly, the original cross known as the Jerusalem cross was a perfect balance of masculine and feminine. And whether you're Christian or Jewish or just secular human, we're all striving for the perfect union. Amen. And a word I use that you that you pulled out there, the perfect union and balance. That is what we talk about today. And I can't tell you how many times in a week or just in an email I wrote earlier, I use the word balance. 
individually, in relationship, in marriage, in couples, we are all striving, going back to the yin and the yang, the order and the chaos, the striving of, of, of who we are now, but where we want to be in the tension in between. We're all looking to achieve that balance and that perfect union. And one last word to our listeners. This, well, if you're listening to this, probably in the next couple of days, we'll be starting the Your Search for Meaning signature program at the Victor Frankel Meaning Academy. And if you're listening after the fact, it doesn't matter because it's a rolling admissions, if you will, uh, uh, ongoing opportunity to bring the masculine of a curriculum together with the feminine of a conversation and merging those two things together um, twice a month, part of the conversation, but then you have access to the curriculum all month long. The curriculum has videos, it has workbooks, it even has, um, um, bonus content in there that Dan's been working hard on. So that begins, or by the time you're listening to this, it's beginning and we would love to have you participate. Absolutely. Our, our first uh, meeting of Meaning Seekers is Wednesday, February 7th, noon Eastern. I will be leading a conversation. My goodness, I forget what session one in the curriculum is. I just designed victim, it. Victim or victor. Are you a victim or a victor? Absolutely. Um, so we'll be leading a conversation on that Wednesday, the 7th at noon Eastern. Um, but we're, we've already got conversations going on in the uh, community. Um, you know, I downloaded the app to my phone. We're chatting with each other. We're chatting with people as they're coming in. Uh, it's been a lot of fun so far. And, and the more people we get in there with these conversations, hey, if you've got an opinion about this podcast, hop into your search for meaning, hop on to the meaningacademy.com. Let us know what you think and, you know, let's talk about it. Let's have a curious and respectful discussion about it. And I just want to clarify because I think on the 7th is our morning session. Correct. Which you is at noon Eastern, but okay. morning for the rest of the country. Yeah, I thought you had said P, um, nighttime, but okay, yes. Because just so our listeners know, we meet every other week online. And that is um, once is in the morning or you know noonish, and the other one is in the evening. So if you can't make one, you can make the other, and you don't have to come to both. Absolutely not. Or you can if you want to, because surely it'll be the same topic, different conversation each time. We look forward to seeing you there. As much, maybe even more than I look forward to seeing my good friend, Dr. B, every week. B, it's always a pleasure, man. It was, again, once again, a lot of fun. Threw out a topic, what's going on in culture, and look at how much psychology, theology, Kabbalism, and everything else uh, uh, we, we put together. And brother, it was nice knowing you. Nice doing this podcast because I think this might be our last one as we might get canceled, but at least we're going out. Right. Well, you know, you were talking about the seven dwarves and I swear I heard seven clicks uh, in the future of each time somebody said, no, that's it. I'm done with these two guys. (laughs) Well, we had a good run and, uh, you know, live with meaning, purpose and resilience. Talk to you later. Take care. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to the Defiant Spirit Podcast with me, your host, Dr. Baruch Levy. If you like what you heard, please consider leaving a five-star review and share this podcast with others. To learn more about the Defiant Spirit, get more inspirational content, or see how we might work together to live your Defiant Spirit, visit defiantspirit.org. Until then, take back your power and live your Defiant 